good. And I'm very proud of wearing the sweatshirt you got me. Yeah. From the jiu-jitsu place. Yeah, to come to jiu-jitsu. I love the logo on the back, which you can't really no, show. No, do it, do it. Show, turn around. Do a little turnaround. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, it's in. Good. Now you can sit down again. I like it. Tecumseh Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah, I Detroit, like it a lot. Detroit Jiu-Jitsu Syndicate. Yeah. Um, we just did a, our gym just did an order of merch for the It's a nice for the uh, guys. So I thought I'd grab well, when you, you one. When you texted me last week. I did, yeah. So three-quarter zip or zip, and I'm like, well, what what, what are we getting? Is it what PowerTech what? Or I thought it was Blue Star. And you said, nope, I'm not telling you. And I'm like, I had no idea. So when I when when you gave it to me yesterday, I said I really like it. Good surprise. Yeah, it's cool. Um, and I've got nothing to do with the jujitsu whatsoever. No, I just but, know. But I, mean, I could go in there and clean them. Yeah. Up. <laughs> I know you're just into it. Like you like it. So I love that's it. why I wanted to get you. I respect it. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Well, I'm not gonna say that part. I'm gonna <laughs> say it's Charlie. <laughs> no, I, well, it's it's good, man. I wanna yeah. I wanna give on the jujitsu note. I wanna give a shout out to uh, if you guys don't follow the account. It's called Grappling for Sports. It's called uh, grappling for sports. So I they've done a couple um, collaboration videos. I don't really know what you call it on Instagram, where somebody they used our voice overlay over their own video. Uh, so they posted. Oh, like we're talking about. Yeah, we're talking um, about jujitsu grappling stuff. Like doing other things to be for yeah. training for hockey. Yeah. So we we talk, we were talking about it in the context of multi sport being multi sport and how much we like that. And just because both of us like jujitsu, it's comes up sometimes. We talk about. Uh, jiu-jitsu stuff so uh the account grappling for sports what they do is uh it's a it's a business that runs grappling training for other sports teams in youth which is cool um so yeah so it's 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 awesome i had a chance to chat uh on the phone with uh coach ricardo and uh he's the one that runs it and i think it's really cool so um if you guys haven't checked that out check that out it's really good uh it's a really good sport to get into for all the reasons we've talked about many times. But I, I notice it because something when I go before I go to class, the kids' classes before, and it's not the same um, level of intensity. The kids are just like rolling around, figuring out their body, figuring out how their body works. And I'm looking at it always through that lens. I'm not necessarily looking at it through the lens of you want to be a jujitsu killer, though you could do that if you want to. But um, just like how much you have to learn about all those different things that we've mentioned a million times. I think it's really cool. So check that out. Grappling for sports is a really cool concept for uh, developing your just athletic base as a, as a youth, which is cool. So uh, yeah. that's all. And, and the second part of my um, introduction to myself today, I love my sweatshirt and I contrasted my drink. So I always have a coffee when we do these. I usually have like a sports drink inside of this. Not just water. Right. Usually. Today I put the uh, Blue Star Greens in. Did it a couple times. Really nice contrast. It's really good. Tastes good. The, the greens are. Uh, I like that one. The greens are hit and miss for me though. Some of them that these I've had. Good. Yeah, some of them that I've had are questionable. But this is my so favorite that one by I like. Far. By far. That one was. That's been my probably my favorite one. I tried yeah. the BioSteel ones. Not for me. No, I didn't like them either. Um, I've tried a bunch, but I like that one. The one other popular one I've never tried is Athletic Greens. I don't know if that's a. Uh, a good one or not. I've never tried it, but it's super expensive, man. Yeah. That's the only problem with that one. Yeah. That's nice. These are good, though. Yeah, this they're is great. really good. Is it the recommended? Is it mojito? Some, huh? The mojito or the pina colada? Which one? Pina colada nice. flavored. It's so good. I don't know. You would never think pina colada flavored greens. Like, what? But it's good. 
I like yeah, it. Yeah, it's it's actually delicious. I recommend it. Yeah, get, get some, those get micronutrients, kids. Yeah. yeah, get those micronutrients. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by the PowerTech Online Membership Program. If you've been listening to Andy and I wondering, hey, how are they able to get all this podcast content out there? Well, that's because of our members. For just $9.99 a month, you can get access to our online video library, including hundreds of videos of Coach Andy teaching and have the option for consultation calls with Andy or myself to go over anything you need. We can cover training, nutrition, coaching, parenting, agents, the junior college hockey path, whatever's of interest to you. You'll also be able to participate in our popular Ask Me Anything episodes, have access to special discount codes, and be given priority for any PowerTech in-person camps or events. If you like what we're doing here and you want to support us, this is the best way to do it. Visit powertechhockey.ca slash memberships or find the link in the description of this video to learn more. So uh, you planned the podcast out today, which was very nice. Yep. Um, and uh, do you want to tee it up or do you want me to tee it up for you or what do you think? Well, how it, how it came across is um, because I talk to so many players and, and, and talk about hockey all the time, it's almost... I always go at it more from a motivational standpoint, mm-hmm. but ironically enough, over the last week, I've had two um, general managers ask me about players and talk about players, which kind of piqued my interest, obviously, because I'm talking about players. But then I, I went back and uh, one was asking, nah, not so much about in the um, in the the on the ice, Andy, but more, what are they, because I know people work out here and stuff too, what about in the gym? What are they like off the ice and what are they like in the gym? I said, oh, okay. So that's cool. So that, and then another one was like, what do you think of this player? And I think, you know, this, this, and this. And uh, I said, oh, and this player is a 200 foot player, plays the game the right way, but I don't know if he knows what he know what he is yet. And I think he's more of a defensive shutdown guy and that's how we make money. But I think, I think he thinks he's still like a point guy. And I think if he dedicated himself to more of the defensive side of the puck, not more, but just like, this is my role and accept it. I think he'd be an excellent, excellent hockey player. And then the points will come, um, you know, because they'll come, you know, but he's not looking at 70, 80 points. So anyways, when I was thinking about that, I'm like, there's the question you ask as a player. There's a, and a coach. That's the question you ask. What type of player are you? So how would you like to be remembered? So if someone was to call about whoever's listening today, I think it's a really good way to, because you could get honest with yourself when you ask these questions. If I was to, so that's the question, right? If I was to ask you or someone was to ask me, whatever, what, what did we remember about you? And if you said your own team, what would your team say or your teammates that you've played with over years what would they say about you? And then if you reflect and say, you hopefully say all the good things. And then also take it from a vantage point of the organization you played for, whether that's pro, college, major, junior, junior B, youth hockey. What would your coach and your organization say about you as a player, as a person? Did you make a difference in a good way? Or is it like struggling to find things to say, good about the kid and there's both and having said that 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 doesn't mean if you're a jerk kid selfish 
and you do all the wrong things, but you're just really good at hockey, doesn't mean you can't be a good hockey, that, that you're not going to make money or you're not going to pers- get your dreams come true in hockey. That's not what it means. It's just, would you is that how you want to be remembered? Or would you like to be remembered as someone that did everything the right way? And, and vice versa is, <laughs> is uh, you can do everything the right way and be the perfect human and the best leader and have the most heart and all those different things and just not be good enough. So it doesn't, so when we talk about this, it's not, it's not, if you do this, you're a pro or you get a college scholarship or whatever. And if you don't do it, you can't, it's, that's not what it is. It's just like, when I reflect, how would you like to be remembered? So I know for me, I've got a lot of friends. I have a lot of friends that I used to play hockey with. I think that's a good thing. How would you answer that question? Like specifically, like how do, you think, how do you think your peer group that you played with, like how, what do you think they like good, good and bad either way? Yeah. Like, what do you think they would say about you either as a player, or as a person? Like, well, how do you think that review would go? I think it would be like, not, not think I know it would be very positive. It would be great teammate, hard worker. I, I don't know if, because I don't know if I was mature enough to say I was selfless and totally team oriented. I can be honest about that. Uh, because I remember there was times where it was like, and, and I, it might be totally in line, right? But it, I think there was times where I was like, yeah, but what about me? Whereas if I had my mature or I've had guidance in this, I would have understood my different roles that I had. But it would have been, you know, had heart, had skill, played hard, was a te- good teammate, to you know, to the, the, the best of my knowledge. And uh, good in the dressing room, cared about the team, cared about the guys on the team. And I think I made a positive in, impact in, in the teams I played for and the teammates I played for. And I think, you know, for the most part, I think most coaches would say, I, I'm glad he was on my team. So that's what I would say. Yeah, right on. Cool. I don't wow. want to talk about my negatives. No. Yeah. <laughs> But I think, well, know, obviously, I played, you know, you, you've met some of my friends and it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's the same kind of thing. But that's, I was, as you were talking, I was like thinking about what my answer would be too. And it's like, the, I think reflecting back on it because I'm like more recently out of it. When I played it in college, I think the selfish part was like pretty much gone. I think. I don't yeah, think, you always I don't think, say that. I don't think people would say that about yeah. me too much when I was in university. And when I was in junior, that was probably, that would probably still be a bit of a comment where it's like, yeah, he was good, but he, you know, worried about his points or he worried about, maybe somebody would say that about me in junior. Um, I don't think so in university anymore. And I think I always would have been like, same thing, the team guy, whatever, but I probably would have been like, people would remember me as like a little bit of the on my own page guy. Like, cause I was... I was always like the nerd. I was the guy that was like doing my homework, kind of had had my shit together guy, which wasn't necessarily the common way in junior or university. So I feel like it'd be something like that. But I, I can take pride in the fact that I know for sure nobody would say that I was a shit guy because I was not a shit guy, which I think is probably the most important thing that's going to be helpful or beneficial to me moving forward now being done hockey, which is which I think is important. But the one caveat that you pointed out about this stuff doesn't mean you're going to be a pro if you do it. And if you don't do it, it doesn't mean you won't be a pro either. I think that's an important thing because a lot of times when people talk about this kind of topic or this messaging, a lot of times they, they don't acknowledge the fact that there is a certain percentage of people for whom the rules don't apply. 
So if you, like we always talk about the 1% and there are those guys and you hear about them in the NHL now where they're a complete goof or they have a horrible reputation or they're in XYZ scandal and it's because they're an idiot, but they're just really good at playing hockey. And that does trump all. And that, unfortunately, the, the perception of that could be like politics, particularly in youth hockey, where it's like if you have a, if you have a jerk kid that doesn't do what the coach says, uh, he's like mean to other kids, he's not a leader, he might end up being your captain and also play all the important minutes for the simple fact that he's actually your best player. And that sucks. But I don't, I don't necessarily think that that's wrong. I think it depends on the situation. Sometimes it's wrong. Sometimes it's not. But just because you're the rule follower guy or the guy that tries to do all the right things, that doesn't mean that you get or deserve the best of the best everything and all the opportunity or whatever because you have to be good at hockey, man. Like if you're, if you're a mid-pack or below mid-pack player and you're, you do all the right things, you're a good guy, you're a good team player, you try to sacrifice for the team, but you're just not at par with your skill set. It's great that you're a good person. It's great that you're a good kid, but this is still hockey. And hockey means you have to be good at hockey, right? So I think that's an important thing. To make thing. a dollar out of it. Yeah. You got to get, get something paid for. But, but even, even not even that, like just to be a, per, a player on your team who your coach wants to go to, when it's all said so and yeah, done, yeah, they're, they're going to go to the players that can get the job done, you know? So for better or worse, that's just the reality of the game because it's hockey is the game that we're playing. It's not, the game isn't who's the best person. That's not the game, you know? So that's really important to keep in mind. We say all these things and I truly believe if you do like some of this stuff you're going to be talking about, you will increase your chances of getting to the next level because you're not taking unnecessary minuses out of just stupidity. And if you're a guy that's that's on the bubble, like I'll tell just one quick story. So my, my trainer that was doing a jiu-jitsu guy, he went to a competition and he was talking to us about warm-ups before you actually go into the fight. Yeah, right? you were telling me this yesterday, yeah. yeah. And so... He he was mentioning Gordon Ryan. If anyone doesn't know Gordon Ryan, he's the best nogi jiu-jitsu guy that exists today. And he's unbelievable. He smashes everybody. And he's a huge shit talker. He's like the kind of guy you love to hate or you love to love. It's almost like the Conor McGregor attitude. Just like he shits talk, talks everybody. Anyways, so my trainer was telling me when I go into a fight, I need to make sure I'm super sweaty. I need to make sure that I'm ready to go and I'm dialed in and I'm not focused on anything else. If you listen to Gordon Ryan talk, he says, eh, like, I don't need warm-ups. I'll, I'll wait till my first fight. My first fight is my warm-up. And my trainer was saying, like, I'm not that good. Yeah. He's too, I, he, I can't afford to. He's good enough to exactly. go in and warm up in a fight. Exactly. So when the other guy's going in there and it's life or death. Absolutely. So he, it was a good example of that same kind of thing. This guy's just outside the rules, man. He can do whatever he wants because he's an exceptional. He's exceptional at that craft. And though my trainer is, fin- I've never seen anything like this guy. He's unbelievable. And he sits there and says, I need to make sure I'm ready to go. I can't afford to take my foot off the gas or not do the right things. And my point to this is most people are going to be in that boat where you can't afford to not do the right things. If you don't do them, you're going to take yourself out of it before you even have a chance. That's true for a lot of people, I think. So maybe you can get outside the rules, but the odds that you're the guy that's outside the rules is probably pretty slim because it's very few of those guys, you know? Yeah. No, that's 100% true. Yeah. When you're good, you're good. Yeah, seriously. I was just thinking of uh, just, you know, when you look at guys that have played, 
and they were good. They they could be off the ice for a long period of time. They just step on and they're just good, like old guys, right? They're good. Rip a puck, make a pass, smart. They just get hockey, right? Yeah. So you want me to start? Yeah. Have anything? No, I I think I think I'm good. I just wanted to point out that that caveat before we started because this isn't a prescription of how to become a pro. I think that's important to understand. I think it's a prescription well, of good other, things. The other thing to understand, I think it goes without saying though, is like hockey, I always say is a microcosm of life, right? So when you have the good habits as a, and that's what makes sports so great is if you do the right things, then that ends and you have that mindset of taking these principles and taking it into whatever endeavor that you do after hockey you're probably going to have a greater chance of success, you know, and maybe you're going to find something that you're super talented in too. Right. So anyways, um, so the first thing that I wanted to talk about is what would your team teammates organization say about you? Right. So one of the, so if I, there might be a couple of things repetitive and you can just shut it down at that point. But like, so the first thing was, and there's no particular order. Um, it would be, he competed. I think that's that's really important. I mean, um, there's guys that um, kind of play hard, and they only compete when they feel it's maybe easier to compete, or when it's um, it's it's like uh, Gordon Ryan in his first fight. He's not really competing that first fight. He's just warming up. So you know, if you if if you're if you're playing an inferior opponent or whatever, like is that when you compete? Or do you do it when it's hard? So, uh, so, so what I mean by that also is in practice, it's in games, off ice. So I'm talking like my teammate, like your teammates when you're looking at you. What do you want them to say? It's like he competed. He brought the best out of the team because when you do compete, you're actually raising the levels of everybody, right? So there's nothing worse than having a practice and you're, let's say you're doing a, a small area game or whatever drill it is, right? And if you're not going really, really hard, you're not making other people better. Right. So you want to make sure that you get that compete level high so that your team as a whole gets better. So, you know, like um, I think the more guys that are a high compete brings the lower level guys or the guys that aren't there yet. It, it raises it. Whereas if you get the, you know, if you get Connor McDavid, let's say, or one of the high end guys in the NHL, and they could come to practice and they don't compete that hard. They're not helping anybody. Right. So the higher that you can see someone compete, the better it is for the team. So you want that. That'd be a definitely definitely a compliment and with compete I also mean like second third effort type of a guy so I've used that term a lot um it's it's the guy that it's there's that no quit in him and and I think that's really important too so you know the opposite of that would be a guy that kind of just shows up and hope hopes for the best and just looks like he's working hard and uh, that's a frustrating guy yeah uh I'm thinking of a play it was just from the other night Pittsburgh was playing I don't remember who Crosby on the forecheck, strips a puck, turns it around, they end up scoring on the play. Like, here's a guy that's coming on the tail end of his career now. He could just, he could float his way off into the sunset, man. This guy doesn't have to work one more day if he doesn't want to. And he's just got it. He's just got that thing. And that he's a great example of that, obviously. It's like, that's a guy that people will remember for that exact thing. And there's a, there's a I don't know if you, if you wrote this down later, you can tell me, but there's a, an idea like coaches talk about buy-in, like getting buy-in from the players. And this kind of goes to that because I remember playing and it'd be practice and you get some of your better players that are not engaged because they don't have to be or they don't care. And they're those kind of guys that just are that good maybe where they don't have to care and how that's damaging to the team. 
it's damaging to yourself too personally because that's what people will say about you. People people won't want to see you succeed. People won't want to see you do well. They're they're you're the type of person that they are going to be mad about doing well. They'll be happy when you're when you fail because you're that guy that was always yapping or was not participating in the same way as everybody else or just did their own thing and was on their own page. And so I think it's a it's a big responsibility as the elite guy if you are that to make sure that you're still having that buy-in as we say whether that's the bag skate or the the hard practice where it's a lot of back checking or skating or whatever small area games it's really important yeah in the gym oh yeah any competitive thing right you're pushing i said it goes a long way when you you've you've always heard this about Sidney Crosby. you know i was talking to my son about that a couple weeks ago about how hard this guy works and we're talking about his career and i said like you gotta remember when you get you know people think you know, guys in junior, guys in college think they work hard, right? And then the eye opener is when they get to pro and they see Sidney Crosby working harder than anyone. It's like, well, how do you come? You can't. Who was, who you've told me this story before. I don't know if it was, was it Chris Draper talking about Iserman in the dressing room or who was it that they showed up? They said, I'm going to get somewhere early to, oh, ah, I don't remember. Yeah. Or maybe it was a basketball it, no, example. No, 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 who it was, was it? Drapes. I think, I, I think he even said it on our uh, podcast. He said it was going to be, there an hour early to make get sure there early and yeah. he saw Iserman and you know a couple guys they're finishing they're, their workout they're finishing yeah. their bike ride and he yeah. goes oh okay these guys are like yeah. they're working yeah and that's and that's the thing right that's uh that's the thing so and, and the opposite of that is I, I mean so I was talking to my kid about that is it's like like when you think you're working hard are you then you'll you'll see you'll see and I'm not saying does or doesn't but when you become a professional like how you take the best guy in the world for a long period of time he still outworks most people. It's like, it's not fair. Yeah, like, right? Like, you know you, what I mean? You, well, you lose track of how hyper selective that group of NHL players. And, like, do you know how small the percentage is? So, what, what do those players have to have in common to have earned their way there? You know? And I think there's only, there's only two things. It's either, it's either in isolation or a combination of the two. Ever, either the guy's just really, really good and, he's so much better that he can just make it because he's that good or they are like a competitor they compete like hell and even though maybe they're not the best from a skill perspective they compete like hell or it's a combination of those two things like that's everyone and that you're you gonna get find. the Sidney crosby the best in the world that compete like hell and right works harder yeah, than everybody superstar. that's like you yeah good luck you like think of how few all the people that play hockey around the world yeah and what is there 900 in the nhl yeah, something like roughly, that, a thousand. Yeah, roughly like, nine hundred. That's not a lot, man. No, it's not a lot. So mm-hmm. there's got to be something special in yeah. that crop. So when you think you're at that level, are you? It's a good question. Yeah. So the opposite of that is just like I don't really compete. Kind of lazy. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> right. Yeah. Showed up when he wanted. Uh, next thing I I, I put was uh, um, showed up in the games that are tough. And I see that a lot, you know, and and the term I love to use this and I love to use this because I think it sums that up. Is like, could you go to war with them? And if that, if someone gave you a compliment like that, I can go to war with that guy. That would be to me the ultimate compliment because it sums everything up. I can go to war to that guy. Um, it's it's my favorite quality that I can give or compliment that I can give a player. You can go to war with that guy because that doesn't mean that he's the most talented. He knows that when the when when there's a when the fight is on, he's there. And I'm not talking physically. And I'm not I'm not even talking, like I am talking physically, but I'm not talking about like being bloodied and stuff, although that could be part of it. 
just talking about those battles and the, the effort and the like as it gets harder and it get deeper in the playoffs, all that kind of stuff, that person shows up more and more and more. So I've seen a lot of kids that don't, that when the playoffs come or the tough games come, they they, they shrivel or they, they're non-existent or they don't make the impact that they're supposed to make, right? And where you see some some guys when it comes to the playoffs or it comes to the tough, tough games or maybe you're in a smaller building where it's intimidating and stuff, those guys that drag people through the war with them, those are the guys that that's the biggest the ultimate compliment to me. Yeah, and th- those guys. It's funny. I'm thinking too. You, f- I'm I'm having this theme in my head right now of how hard it is to make that pro level or where you're making money. And I remember because I always go watch these Triple A games with a lot of these kids that are going in their draft year, whatever. And they'll play. It'll be like the Windsor Sun County rivalry game or whatever, and they think that's a big game. Right, like they think that's like a a big game, and it is in their world. It's a big game, but it's when you're, you know, playing the top seeded team in the playoffs. You go up 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 against whatever the London Knights or London Junior Knights, or you go up against the, one of the Toronto teams if you get to the OHL Cup or whatever, and you go into it with that mindset of we're getting we're losing, so whatever. Where maybe that same player, they were the guy that they were the hero in the Windsor Sun County rivalry game. That their perception is that was a tough game, but then when they get to the actual tough game, where it's like almost surely you're going to lose, that you just pack it in and now you're not competing, you're not doing the things. And a lot of times, that's why you'll see guys that maybe are on teams that aren't as good. They'll have a guy that gets drafted surprisingly high or whatever, even if by the numbers they're not up to par with some of the high picks. Like, how did this guy go this high? It's like, well, he's on a bad team. And every game, he still got his one assist or he still had his eight shots or he's still whatever. And that's what actual hockey people that are actually in the hockey world are actually paying attention to. That's what they're looking at. It's not just you got three goals. It's so hard for people to understand that, man. For me, it sums up everything. Eh? Like, like when, so if, I, if someone asked me, how's Eric as a hockey player? And if I go, you know, I already know my answer. But, you know, I'll give them the things. Okay, he's got pretty good hands, can score goals, finishes check, checks, you know, two-way player, blah, blah, blah. But at the end, I always finish it. But, you know, I, I, I don't think I could go I, – I don't think I can go to war with that guy. Or I don't think you can go to war with that guy. Or he can go to war with you. And that's, that's the answer. So so I would suggest players. And we have a lot of – we have pro pros. We have college. We have OHL, like CHL players, every level of player. That's a question you should ask yourself because that's like the ultimate in compete is like, can they go to war with me? Can my teammates go to war with me? If a team was looking to make a trade, see, this is all, this is all this stuff, right? It's like when you analyze your game, like let's just say you're, you're an NHL player or an OHL player or whatever, you're in the, you go to the college transfer portal, right? What makes you think someone wants you, Right. And that's the that's the question. Well, can I go? Can I? If they were to take me, would I be able to go to war for them? Do they see that in me? And that's uh, that's a great self analysis. And if you really believe that, you got to play like it. But yeah, and but the other thing too is, we've had this conversation before as well. It's like for the guy like that goes to the transfer portal, for example, or he's going out to trial for another team. It's like, are they asking for you and why? That's a good thing to gauge as well. It's like, what what is the coach saying to you? Why do they want you? What are they saying? Is that I love every single thing about how you play. We need to have you on our team. You're going to be one of our 
you might maybe you're not going to be our number one guy, but you're going to be a core piece to building this going forward because of how you put. Is that the conversation, or is it yeah, come try out or whatever? You know, and that's a good gauge of how valuable are you actually? Because it's easy to overestimate how valuable you are. You know, when most guys are super super vanilla, most guys are average because they have to be. The average is the average. We always say that, right? Most guys are going to be average because that's how it has to be. But before you go jump into how valuable you are, it's a really important thing to be able to ask that question is like what would somebody say about me why would they want me on their team what am i bringing instead of just thinking i'm good they should take me and put me on the first line or whatever people think you know yeah yeah this team's not using me properly yeah, yeah. so like so common yep. yeah 100 percent. so next thing i put could be number one who knows is uh are you a team player was i a team player am i a team player that's the question you want to ask so what does what does that mean because that's a loosely used term too um so a team player, you know, you, you, you do all the things that we talked about already. You compete, you battle, you have your identity, you, you um, go to war and all that kind of stuff. But do you put the team first? And it's a really hard concept for a lot of people because obviously we're to some degree selfish. We want the ice time, we want the goals, we want everything uh, to work in our favor. But do you put the team first? Are you doing your job to make the team better or are you doing things to make yourself better and you can do both right um do you make others better that's what a team guy does they make others better and it's not, not always on the ice right sometimes you can see a guy on your team that's uh maybe struggling and it's just a talk it's a tap in the ass it's uh um it's a screw you get your head out of your ass it could be like a variation of different things but it's seeing what your team needs sometimes right and, um, and and not just looking at yourself as the only uh, important piece. It's like there's other pieces to the team that make it work, right? Um, you sacrifice for the team's needs. Like like if the coach was to ask you, um, you know, Eric hasn't scored or Eric's, Eric's hot right now and you're a little bit whatever, need you to be a checker, not a goal scorer. Like, do you accept that? And I'm not saying accept it like, okay, that's that's my lot in life, but it's like what the team needs right now, right? It might be, you know the offensive player not uh the offensive player because in a game situation we don't need any more goals it's like to tone down don't worry about scoring let's shut guys down and stuff or whatever whatever the coach is asking is because the team needs that and basically when you put that in a nutshell it's uh the first thing that a team player would be always be thinking is what is the team mission so if you listen to if you, if you listen to a lot of uh, um military navy seal anything like that that's what they talk about is the mission the mission is number one so if you think about that um in that field they truly actually treat the mission as the number one thing and and the part of that mission could mean death and part of that death could be me could be you right and they go in there and saying well i sacrificed the team for the mission and that's the extreme so in the in the hockey world, it's like, are you, are you, is your one goal the mission? Is your mission to win the championship? Is that the team mission? Is your mission to play a certain way? Is your mission to this? They do this, and that means that you don't get to be like the guy with the bright shiny toys all over. It might be you have more of a vanilla role, but do you accept that because for the sake of the mission, that's important. Right, and I I think that's really really good, and and with that I'll just finish, and then you can jump in, um, kind of like you're willing to do any job for that mission, so like you take a, 
you know, you go back to the military, it's like, okay, you're good at this, but the, the team leader needs to do this. It is what it is. Okay. I, I do it. It's just, you're just part one piece of, of, of a puzzle. And, and, and when you understand it, you really, when you, when you actually understand it, it's not so insulting when the coach says uh, you're not a goal scorer. I need you to shut the first line down, or I need you to be a shutdown D, or I need you to finish checks, or I need you to score goals, whatever. It's Now it's not that important because the guy that scores goals should score goals. Or the offensive line, that's their job. Your job is this. The defensive defenseman, the goalie, whatever your jobs are, now it's like, yeah, that guy might get more of the glory right now, but it's actually not that important because without you doing yours, it doesn't work. So like really understanding that you're just one piece, not just one piece, you're one piece, and this guy's one piece, and together you're, that's what makes the team, and that's what makes the team um, achieve the missions, and uh, that's what makes the team succeed, and it makes it, it makes everyone equally important. So now, the guy that is the goal scorer and he gets it, it does his job. It's just he did his job, and the guy that chips the puck out and gets it deep and maybe finishes a check, that's his job. It, that one is not more important than the other. It's part of the part of the part of the job so when you when you actually look at it like that you can take a lot of pride in doing your job doing it well and doing it for the betterment of the team and that means you might sacrifice points for for less glamorous roles and you might not get the first star and you might not get the newspaper clicking clippings and the instagram things but everyone in that team knows that without you we don't win yeah so like rewind a bit because that, that last thread about about that team mission thing. I love that. Um, but you mentioned something a little, a few minutes ago. Uh, if being a good teammate is not always on the ice, so you're saying like sometimes it's a tap on the ass, sometimes it's a pick, pick me up and you, you just like breeze by it saying like, sometimes it's also the opposite. Like sometimes it's calling out a guy who is a pain in the ass. And like, sometimes you get, you get this, like you'll see sometimes there's a fight in practice or something where guys just, someone is way over the line. Sometimes it's just the heat of the moment, like competition, whatever. But sometimes it's like a guy that's over the line and somebody wants to go do something about it. So I think that's an important thing to know too is because a lot of times you can sit and I remember even being a young guy on a junior team because it's hard to speak up when you're new or young or whatever. But I remember struggling with that. And then as I got older, obviously, because, oh, Jesus Christ. Are you dying? There we go. Are you okay? I don't know. Wrong pipe? Yeah, I guess. Um, Sorry, buddy. No, sorry. So if you're a young guy, I remember that being tough. If you're, as I got older, me with my big mouth, I had an easy time. If there was something out of line, I would yap about it or I would call someone out about it, whatever. And sure, obviously, I'm going to get it back. They're going to say something about me that's going to try to hurt my feelings or whatever. That's a common thing for teenagers to do or if you're under 20. But... The point being, sometimes somebody needs to say something when there's something negative going on. So on the one hand, it's the pick me up, but on the other hand, sometimes it's the this guy. It's too much with this guy. Someone needs to say something, and sometimes you might get backlash for it. Like it could happen, right? But it's being able to judge that. I think that's an that's an important thing. Yeah, um, well, like 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 just beating that one a little bit. Like there's there's several ways, and I think I got it deeper in this, but it's it's you know you're looking around the room and and. Uh, you know, you can see a, maybe a younger guy, older guy, doesn't matter. Maybe he gets scratched. Maybe he's not getting the ice that he would like to have. And he's feeling like, what am I even doing here? Like, because 
You ever been in that position where you you feel like you're better than you are, or maybe you're actually getting screwed? You know, a, a teammate's gonna actually talk. We're gonna talk, right? We're gonna talk. Eric, just keep working. You know what? Like, find out what the deal is. Like, maybe I'm honest enough to say you're not doing your job. Like, you have to pick it up here. I can see it. Or your body language is dragging us all down. Like all that kind of stuff. Uh, could be kicking you right in the ass and saying like you're just not there, bud. Like, let's go. And uh, or you see a young kid on your team and he misses his mom and dad. Like, I mean, like they're young, right? Like I'm talking like at the junior level, right? You move away from home for the first time and see a kid, maybe not himself. Like it's like a good veteran guy or a good team guy is going to make sure that uh, you include him in something that makes him feel good about himself. Let him know he's in good hands here and all that kind of stuff, right? Like that's what's being a good teammate. A good teammate's also... You know, you, you, it's not always talk, right? Not In fact, mostly it's not talk, it's it's action. So, you know, you could yell at someone for not picking up the garbage in the middle of the room, or you could walk over there and you grab their tape, maybe even look at people, or, or not, and throw it in the garbage because you don't like it there. And when a young guy, or especially when the better guys, like the higher-end guys do stuff like this, the leaders, um, when, when you do something like that or treat the trainers extremely well and the massage guys and all that stuff then all the younger guys or the, the the guys that don't think it's important go okay that's that's cool it's your setting example don't have to say a word you just do it right right so yeah young guys too because like, they can come in with the attitude i've heard guys close to us where you hear about them they're pain in the ass not a good teammate think they're above the team stuff and sometimes you need somebody to to smack them in the ass that's on the team right uh the other thing i wanted to to touch on was um we're talking about you know the team mission is first and and all that so if you are in the military for example uh you're already in the military you're not trying to move up necessarily maybe you're trying to move up to be a more senior role or whatever but in terms of like you're already on the team it's like you're here if you're in the nhl you're already on the team you're here now so to me accepting my role when I know I'm not, there's nothing else I'm striving for. Like I've, I'm here now. Um, that seems like a lot easier than when you're still trying to make the jumps. You're still trying to get to the next level and, and be elite and stand out and all of those things. So how do you, from the, t- in like keeping with that theme, the, the team perspective, talk a little bit more about that. The, how do I balance? Like I individually want to be successful. I individually want to stand out and be somebody that, people are scouting, looking at recruiting, et cetera, while also being the team guy. Like, cause that's such a, that is like the most common thing ever. It's like everybody, it's, it's, yeah, they care about the team doing well as long as they're doing well, you know, as opposed so, to the opposite. 99.9% right? of the times it's, I care about me more about we. Right. But yeah, for sure. But you know, I don't know if it's a, I don't know if I'm answering it totally the way you're asking it, but you know, this is the talks I have with my kid. I have talks with anybody that chooses to ask for advice in hockey is number one, I always say underestimate how good your competition is going to be in the, the people around you, the league you're playing in. Underestimate Over, it. Overestimate it. Over, yeah. Overestimate yeah. that so that you know it's going to be hard and underestimate your talent. And that doesn't mean be meek about it it's just under <laughs> just understand so what that does is it makes you work really really hard 
And then when as you have success, you go, what, what should click is that, okay, if I work hard, good things happen. Okay. But what you have to understand is, especially when you get to the elite levels, is that elite means elite. Everyone's the best of the best for that age group or that maybe it's the NHL, maybe it's Europe, whatever it is. You're playing with the best that could possibly be there. So you, it's just not as simple to get points. It's just, even if you're, if, if you're a power forward, it's just not as simple to be a good power forward. You have to be elite at it. So every, not everyone, a lot of times people look so short-term at where they're at. For example, if you play in the OHL, you start as a 16-year-old kid. And you, that, that gives you actually five years if you play an overage year. College, you can play four or five years, I believe, too. So when you look at your first year, you can really beat yourself up. And if you're not getting the ice time that you that you know I could be, be better, it, it's the short-term thinking that'll kill you. And what you, what you have to realize is that you're given a task. So if you're on the fourth line, which you probably will be your first year, that probably means that you're not getting, well, it doesn't probably, it means that you're not getting uh, like prime ice time. It means that you're counted on for short shifts. But but what's important about that is you take that any job that you have and you make it the most important job in the world. It's it's critical. So if you're put on the power play to be a bumper guy, you you you, you understand that you try to understand that inside out. You try to be the best bumper guy in the world. If you're if you're if you're a goal scorer before, now you're on the penalty kill. So you try to understand that and you work your ass off to be the best penalty killer that you could possibly be. Right. So going back to that fourth line guy, if you can do an excellent job as a 16, 17 year old kid, as a fourth line guy, and you take so much pride in it, well, all it does is it just makes you like a more complete player. Because what do you, what is your, what is your primary goals, not goals, what's your primary tasks is to make your way on this team, help your team win. And when you're 16, you're probably not better than a 19 or 20 year old. So do your job the best you can. So what happens is you become more of a player because you're you're focused on little things. You're focused on learning the league. You're thir- le- you're focused on uh, figuring out uh, your your role. So all of a sudden, getting a puck out of your own end is not as easy as it was when you're in midget or bantam. So now you got maybe a 20 year old coming down to pinch on you and taking your head off or not or just eliminating space. And you go, oh, this is actually really hard. So now, if you just take the task of really getting good at taking rims and getting the puck out of your zone and, and then and graduate it to be getting them out cleanly and getting them out with a purpose and, and maybe jumping into the rush and then a good forecheck and you add those things together and you do that really, really well, you might not be scoring a lot of points, but what you're doing is you're making yourself a complete player, right? So so the next year or when you get an opportunity, someone gets injured or you get an opportunity to play at the next level, it's just another challenge. So the bottom line is, if you're if you're going to move on, you have to be a complete player pretty much, unless you're just a freaking goal scorer, and you need to take pride in that. So if you if you're a 20 year old player and you're a third line center, it's not an insult. It's and and maybe you're playing against top lines or 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 you're playing against a weaker line and you're it's your opportunity to score goals and stuff. But anyways, the role that the team gives you is you take it with as much pride as you can. And that's what I always say to people is like, if you're a, a fourth line player, if you're the best fourth line player ever to come out of junior, you're probably going to be a really good fourth line player in the NHL. If you can be a fourth line player in the NHL, you're going to make money and you've got the, your dreams come true. 
And so be the best that you po- best version of that when you can. And and now when you asked about scouting, they see it because the the NHL, the OHL, they don't look at who just scored the goals. Because a lot of times you could look at a player and he goes, well, he got less points than this guy. He's not having a good year. Well, hang on. This guy's playing against the top lines every night. Maybe he is a better player. Maybe this player's playing against inferior players. Maybe he's playing with different guys. So people that are intelligent about hockey understand these things. So it's more about the habits, right? So if you're playing, if you're like, if you're a fourth line guy, third line guy, whatever it is, are you getting pucks out of your zone? Are you... Are you interfering with other guys? Little things, right? Are you taking sticks away? Are you finishing checks? Are you getting in lanes? Are you finishing checks, but you're not coming out with the puck? Are you coming out with the puck every time? Maybe you're not physical, but you come out with the puck every time. Do you make plays? The, the people that understand know, and you have to understand that they do know. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So did that answer it or no? Oh, yeah. There's, okay. there's a ton there, too. Like, I just want to point out, like, I talk about this with, I've said this a bunch of times before, in any job, if you go into this job your first year, you wouldn't expect to be the project manager or whatever. But for some reason in hockey, when it's your first year at that next level, everyone thinks they should be getting all the ice and whatever. And even the top players, like I just pulled up Connor McDavid. So his first year in the OHL, do you know what his plus minus was? Minus 24. And he had points. Yeah. So he had 66 points in 63 games and he was minus 24 in his first year. So here's a guy that is now arguably the best player in the world. And his first year as a, as a 16-year-old or underage, because he, he was an underage, right? Exceptional status? Exceptional. Yeah, so he would have been 15. Um, but this is common for most first-year players. So even though he was getting all the ice, he got his points. His differential was still, he was on for 24 more goals against than in five-on-five, five, right? So in his next year, his second year now, he's plus 47. So what, so what happened? Like, this is an ex- obviously, this is an extreme example. But from his first year, when he's getting all that ice, he's still minus 24. This is the guy that's going to go on to be the best player in the world. He's minus 24 as a 16-year-old. So he's costing his team. He's actually not adding to his team. He's costing his team on average when they're playing five-on-five, right? But they know, obviously, this guy's going to be an exceptional player, yada, yada, all that. If you look up any player, they're probably close to a minus in their first year, if not a big minus like this one, right? So he's getting, obviously getting a lot of ice. He's minus 24. Best player in the world. So if you weren't Connor McDavid in your draft year, like what makes you think jumping into your 16-year-old year that you won't be at least like that, where you actually on average cost your team when you're on the ice? Five, at least five on five. Well, you're going to make mistakes. Right? You're going to. You have to. So before you jump to, I should be getting this, I should be getting this, I'm better than that guy, I'm better than that guy. It's like, yeah, when you look at Connor McDavid, maybe his skill set was better than a lot of the older guys. But that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about skill set. And the coach isn't just looking at skill set. The coach is looking at what is this guy going to do for us on average when he's playing. And most players, most first-year players, are going to cost their team five on five. That's just what it's going to be because they have to figure out how to play. So a lot of times there's a skewed perspective that kids have. They're not being very realistic about what they should be expecting. You know. So I wanted to, I wanted to jam that one in because a lot of times um, – a lot of times players, they jump in and they have that thought that I'm going to be the guy that as a 16-year-old, I'm going to jump in and get the ice and whatever. And every kid struggles with it. And if I think if coaches did a better job trying to explain this process, that would make things a lot better. But, but if you can go into it knowing some of that, like this is the best player in the world that I'm giving you an example of. And he was minus 24 in his first year. 
because that is what happens, man. You know, so if you go pick any player you want, I guarantee you, if you look at almost without a doubt, I bet you there's some exceptions, but for the most part, I bet you most most people are going to be like that. In their first year, they heavily costed their team five on five because they haven't learned how to play yet. They haven't learned how to play this game. It's not minor hockey anymore. And that's a big jump that not a lot of people are, are aware of. So and I think in terms of that, just the team player thing, now we go to all those things you're talking about. Are you learning to do those, whatever, those little things that actually will turn you into a plus 47 instead of a minus 24? Because that's playing now. Now you're playing the game, you know? Yeah. So uh, just an ex- example or two, like going Guelph, I like, I like uh, you know, Chandler Romeo, who's a big 6'5", and he's not flashy, right? So if, I know Chandler listens to this once in a while. And if this is not not being flashy is not an insult, by the way. But he's just steady Eddie. You know, I love watching. You know, like when people, you know, he's his name's not always in the in the paper and all that kind of stuff. But when <laughs> come down on him and that long stick just knocks a puck away, knocks a puck away, gets it out of harm's way, gets it out, makes a pass, gets it out. You know, and it's it's like if you're watching for the flash. You're not going to see it, but you just see all these little things, and then he gets a little body on guys, and it's uh, hard to play against, right? And one example that I really, I really like this kid right from the day one that he started in Kitchener was uh, uh, Matt. I think it's Matt Andonovsky. So he started off, and he had a grittiness to his game. Um, I don't know if he's super tough, but he, he'll he'll fight. He hits. He's solid, and he was a uh, like a defenseman. But I, I liked him from day one that I saw him. I said, "There's something there that I like." And now that he's on an offensive team, he's putting up some points too, but he still plays that same game. So the, so what I like about that example, as opposed to like, um, I don't want to say a name because I don't want to be insulting, but you take a kid that just came in the league and put up points. Which tr- which one translates better? So for me, like, I mean, if you want power play, okay, there's, there's one guy that just gets a point. Maybe, maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. But what I like about like Andonovsky, for example, is, he, he he knows how to shut down, shuts down really well. Drafted to Ottawa Senators, sixth round, seventh round, shuts down well, has some grit to his game, and now he's like he's so comfortable doing. It. Now he makes nice plays, pass the puck well, scoring some goals, nice on the blue line. He has everything about him is is good. So like I think you're looking at moving to the next level. He's got a really good opportunity because he does everything well now. Yeah, you know what I mean. Well, when we talk about that translate thing too, I'm, I'm, because I was, I was gonna bring that up. Anyways, like if you're the guy that is supposed to be a goal scorer, it's always good to look ahead and ask that question of what, it, what this translate. So if I'm the guy, let's say in in my draft year, I scored 40 goals. It's like, wow, that's a lot of goals. Okay, when you go into the OHL, are you gonna be competitive goal scoring with the top guys that are scoring in the OHL? Probably not your first year. Maybe if you're exceptional, but probably not. Maybe, you, maybe but maybe you will be later. Even let's say that by your, by your third year, you'll be a goal scorer, okay? A lot of guys will never find that goal scoring touch in the OHL because it's, it didn't, doesn't translate. But let's say it does. Now you're playing, you know, high level junior A. Maybe you want to go to the NCAA. Maybe you want to go to the OHL, whatever. Let's say you're in the OHL now and you're a third year, fourth year player. You're getting your goals. Say you scored another 40 in the OHL. Are you going to score goals? Are you a goal scorer for now? an NHL yeah. team? Like, who are the goal scorers? Like Matthews, McDavid. Like, is that who you're going to compete? Are you going to compete with those guys? Are you going to compete with Bedard? Are you going to shoot like Bedard? Like, this is the, now. This is your competition. So, if you think that playing against 
in the OHL, which is a very highly competitive league, one of the best in the world, the the pool is still pretty big in terms of the global scale of players that are going to be going into the NHL. Are you going to shoot like Ovechkin, Stamkos? Are you going to be shooting like these top goal scorers in the, in the NHL? Are you going to be able to do that? Maybe you will, but have you asked the question? Do you shoot like that? Do you see the game like that? Are you dominating the way those guys are? Because if that is what they're looking for at that level. So if you're not that, there's an element of being realistic that needs to be there. And you could develop into it. I'm not saying that you can't, but have you asked the question? Have you asked, is this something that I can do? Because if it's the answer is even a maybe, then it's a real good idea to start focusing on some other things too, to make sure that it does translate, right? thousand percent. Yeah. Uh, next one I put in there is uh, being good in the room. So, you know, it just means to kind of kind of like being a good team teammate. But you know, when you walk in a room, or are you, do you have the good energy? Right? Just are you are you the downer guy? Like when things aren't your way, you're moping or whatever. Like bringing good energy. Uh, like I said this earlier, action, not just a bunch of words. Right? Nothing worse than the guy that is the uh, motivational guy that doesn't do anything or buckles under pressure and stuff like that. Um, you know, don't be afraid to clean up or not make, have messes in the room. S- speak up if needed. Um, and then um, I, we kind of talked about this. If we see a teammate in need, whatever. Um, yeah, can I know. add two? Yeah, for sure. So the two that I want to highlight about in the room, one is the, the over-beauty guy, because this has come up recently. Like guys that they don't know when to shut the hell up or they're too stereotypical hockey player guy. It actually bugs everyone. So like people are just going to remember you as being a goof. That's one. Or the guy that won't help. The guy that won't do the... Like, for example, if an older guy says to a younger guy, hey, dude, can you just grab that? Can you do this? Can you do that? Obviously, to a degree. But if someone asks you to do something, like, just do it. Just be a good guy and just help out. You know? Conversely, if it's if it's a younger guy saying, hey, older guy, can you pass me that thing or whatever? Pass him the thing. Like, just just be a good a good guy. There's a time and a place for like the hierarchy dynamics, but just on in general, it's like don't be an idiot, man. Like help out, act like you're a team and you're gonna help each other do things on either end of the spectrum. You're not too old to help now, and you're not too good as a young guy where you don't have to do anything and act like a young guy. You know what I mean? I find on both sides, young guys will, in some cases, fight to not be the young guy, and older guys will fight to be the older guy. Which is just so stupid. It's just it, I remember that being super be a good guy. Yeah, it, that was super just irritating to me. Like I'm, hey, I'm a fourth year player. I can help unload the bus, man. It's okay. Yeah, hundred percent. I can grab an extra bag. Yeah, you know. And so can you, young guys. And so can you the young should guys. just want to. Yeah, you know, because it's you know it's one year of your life where you can have fun and just being the rookie. Yeah, those yeah. are the those and are the. When we, we talk ones. about being good in the room, it's it's also that extends right the bus trips, the hotel, like when you're in public, it's like your team. When you're around the team, just being a good dude. Sorry, the other thing, this kind of goes with the dressing room, is you, you briefly mentioned this earlier too, is the team personnel, like the the trainers, the skate sharpening guys, the equipment managers, um, whoever else, the media people, whoever else are around. Like I, I remember when I was playing, we had this one guy that was a newspaper guy. And this was before the big time. So he used to come in with his little notepad and he would write down what we were saying to write an article about it the next day for the Old newspaper. Old school scribe. Yeah, for the newspaper. So they, And there was like an online newspaper that they wrote for their town and whatever. And the guy was just a dork. Like, And he was just a dork and he would ask stupid questions and he would come in like after we lost and it's like, I don't want to talk to this guy, whatever. But that doesn't mean you have to be an idiot. 
Like the guy's just doing his job, you know, he's just doing his job. And a lot of times, like when you're younger, it's not as big of an, a deal because young guys like to be the one that they pick to come do the interview, whatever, because it's kind of flattering. But even that guy, it's like, you don't got to tell the guy to piss off or be a dick or whatever. Like go have a conversation, say hi to people that are walking by the volunteers at every game. There's volunteers for every team that help do stuff. Just being a good person. That goes a lot with the, the in the room stuff for me too. Cause I remember that being irritating to me with guys like just the I'm up here attitude is just the worst. I can't stand that. Yeah. So I, you know, going back to the title of this, I think we titled it this, but it's like, how do you want to be remembered? Like as you think about that, right? I think a lot of people don't really realize how many people you're around or that you make a difference to. Because you might think as a hockey player, it's your team and your coach who cares about anything else. But it's the guy that's sharpening your skates, right? If you throw your skates at him, you never say thank you or whatever. Like in years go by, or if an NHL team talks to him and says, "What's this kid like?" and he if he gives you gives them the, I don't know. You know, you want that to be good stuff or later on in life you want to hear, yeah, I, I know that kid. He was a great kid. Always and it just nice, feels respectful. Good. Yeah, well, yeah, but but people, I think, a lot of times don't realize it, right? Like like the newspaper guy, like you said, like I remember there was, some of them were just pains in the ass. They just want their sco- story, right? They talk to you and they got coffee breath and oh, yeah. dandruff and, Terrible. you know. <laughs> I know. And, I was, and it's like, but they're people and they're doing yeah. their job and you're doing your job and it is it is what it is. So well, it's, Sorry, it's, it's just nice. Like you were ta- talking about as a coach, how it's nice down the, like years later, you still have people come up to you. Hey coach, they want to talk to you and, and all that. Same thing. It's It just feels good to have that. Like I, I was at the Harrow Fair this year. Harrow Fair. Great time, by the way. Um, a guy came up to me who I vaguely recognized, but I had no idea who he was like really. And he told me he remembered me from playing at the university when I was like, had never, like, I didn't even think about putting on a face to be the good person. What I, it was just like a natural, just say hi to people. It's like, I'm at the point I'm an adult now. It's like, I'm at the point where this is just how you behave to be a good person. And still like all the years later, this guy found, like came up to say hi and talk for a minute and it just felt felt nice it was like oh good that guy didn't think i was an idiot right so for that for those even just for that reason it's just nice to have that right absolutely yeah like i mean after game anyways i can go to that yeah anyways uh are you coachable you know um big coachable kid big one this is a big one what's a big one what does that mean can you execute a game plan do you do what the coaches ask do you support the coach's mission that's coachability, right? You could be on your own page or you could be on the team's page, which is big time. So that, uh, will you go to war with the coach, right? Help, helping him out. Um, when you're coachable, it's, it, it helps the coach want you to succeed. Oh, yeah. You know, that's when, huge, when you're man. on When you're on the coach's page and you're doing things the way that, you know, as far as following the mission and trying to, accomplish a mission and the coach looks down that bench and he he wants you you know maybe it's an empty net goal and you you know he's going to give you that that sniff out there to get an extra point or maybe it's uh little things he's going to want you to succeed he might you know he might be pull you in and gives you a little bit more care because he knows that you're you're a coachable kid and you can get you know squeeze a lot of uh, lemon out of that or a lot of juice out of that lemon um Coach, coachable means you can you're counted on. You can be counted on. I know that this situation. If there's anyone, or yeah, if there's anyone or any couple guys, this kid's one of them. That's what you want to be remembered as. That's from a coach's point of view, right? And um, 
coach has been one of the biggest compliments his coach says I wish I had 20 of them right that's that's the kind of kid that you would like to be you know that that just means everything from coming from a coach's standpoint yeah if you uh what if you don't like your coach or you don't agree with your coach or you don't uh respect your coach or whatever other along those lines how do you how do you think about the I don't know the coachability thing to a degree. Like in my head, I go right to like you got to play the game a little bit. The coach is the boss. The coach is the coach. coach. Is the boss. Like so, 100%. it's not. You can fight it all you want, but it's not really in your interest to be a well. You know what I'm it, saying? The, the true thing yeah. is that here's the true thing. Who likes their coach? People that like their coach get the most ice time, and that doesn't mean they like their coach. At some point, your coach is an idiot. At some point, he has it out for you. Uh, but the bottom line is, um, it may be, you, you might have a coach that's not a good person. But the bottom line is, just as we said earlier, there's a mission, team mission. Team mission is to win, and you don't win with everybody being on a different page. So if you're coachable, you do, you do what the coach says. Now, the coach is asking you to do things that are ridiculous. Like, if a coach is, at, like, okay, I'll use NHL guys. That I, I really don't care about this, but... Um, when someone like Chris Nyland talks about that, he goes, "If a coach ever told me to fight, I'd punch him out myself," because he he knows his job, right? But the, usually, the people that do that are people that never did it themselves, right? They ask for things that they weren't willing to do. Um, but if they're asking you to do something ridiculous, like okay, let's let's say this: go break a kid's leg or go hurt this kid. Then it's like, yeah, go take his legs out. Like, or whatever, yeah. you can question that kind of stuff, and that's where you have conversations. But the bottom line is, be coachable. You know, and and there are exceptions when a coach is a complete donkey, but the bottom line is he controls yeah. your ice time. Yeah, outside too. of those extremes, <laughs> yeah. he does control your ice time, so it, it it does help. Next one, I said be ca- be accountable. Um, what that just simply means is you take blame and criticism or slash coaching. So a lot of times, a good a good teammate or a good player or a player, I shouldn't say a good one, a player. Every time someone points something out, they go, uh, whatever, you had to get a deep. Yeah, yeah, but his stick was in the way. Get a deep. Yeah, yeah, but the, but, but the pass was in my skates. Just get the puck out. Yeah, but the guy pinched on me and, uh, and it was a shit. It's, you're always blaming someone else. There's always an excuse. You don't excuse it. It's, it's it's no good. It's be, yeah, like you take responsibility for what you should be doing. And if you didn't execute, there's no excuses. It's, Right passes in your feet okay well don't give me an excuse like figure out how to do it the bottom line is you didn't get the puck deep or you didn't get the shot on that you didn't execute what was being told and just don't blame others and deflect the responsibility and just you know i would have done it but this guy didn't do his job or saying he did it so it's like it's critical to be accountable and take take your shit sandwich even though it's not a shit sandwich it's just coaching it's just accepting your you to do the mission you have to do your job you have to execute. Yeah, there's no, nothing more annoying than that guy as the coach. Like, that always has something to say about the, the uh, coaching thing that you're trying to give him. And the other thing, too, is if you if you take responsibility as much as you can, there's that extreme ownership thing again. Like, take as much responsibility as you can. Then when the play happens that there was really something that was an issue, your coach might actually be like, oh, okay. And maybe listen to your, your perspective on that one play, for example. But if you always have a, yeah, but this, yeah, but this, yeah, but this, like, I want to punch you right in the nose, man. Just, yeah, I'm trying take, to help you, dude. Yeah, and you take your lumps, and then, like, you know, if you're playing at a level, like, in most levels have this, you have video. And 
you could always, after the fact, coach, can we watch shifts? Or coach, I watched my shifts and I just want to go over a couple of things with you. Or coach, can we go over the shifts? And then that simple play comes up. He goes, yeah. And you don't even have to say, yeah, see, coach. You can just, I, I kind of thought that was in my feet. It was a tough one, but I got to get that deep. You know, you take accountability still. It's not, not just because something didn't go perfect for it doesn't mean that you still can't execute. You got to figure out a way, right? But, you have to figure out a way. The other part, too, is like some jobs, it doesn't matter if the play is bad. It's still your job to do the thing. Like I remember being a winger, like getting the pucks out on the wall was the worst job ever, dude. It's the worst job ever because. What happens in your own zone when there's a panic? People throw it up the wall. So you're getting a grenade on the on the hash marks, or you're getting a grenade by the blue line that you can't handle. Your back's to the play. You, you're not moving your feet. Everyone's collapsing in on you. You're under pressure. You can't see what's going on, and you have to make a split-second decision to try to get the puck out. And sometimes you don't get it out. So you come to the bench, and the coach is like, you have to get the puck out. And it's like, yeah, but come on, coach. Like, did you see? It's like, I don't care. Your job is your to job. get the that puck out. That is your job. That's if I throw you the worst pass of all time, you're supposed to get it out. So if you can't when it's a bad pass, that's your issue. Like you need to figure out how to handle that and get make a play, you know? So that that's part of that part of the understanding too is like it's, it's just your job to be able to handle a bad pass and get a puck out and get a puck in deep when it's hard to do, you know? It's part yeah. of the game. Yeah. Uh next one I have is honest. It's another good term to use as a hockey player, just an honest hockey player. Just means you come, you don't cheat. You don't cheat the game. You don't cheat practices. You don't cheat the game itself. You play your, you know, a full game of hockey. You play hard. You play the right way. Not being sneaky. Not being sneaky. The you sneaky play the pretender. Right way. That's yeah, right. Don't like that. Yeah. It doesn't take uh, shifts off. Finds a way to get the job done. Just honest hockey player. Anything to add for that? No, you're good. Uh, left everything on the ice. I, that's a nice thing too. Is you just left everything on the ice. Um, Bobby Clark. That's what I think of. Missing his teeth, a little bit of blood, big smile, left everything on the ice, right? Played with diabetes. Yeah, diabetic. Yeah. Really? Yeah, like I not, know not the fat guy. I know that. I forget the name of it. It's a type it's a, 1. Type 1 diabetes, yeah. yeah. Type 1. Like uh, Domi. Yeah. Uh, his Domi. son. I didn't know that Bobby Clark's diabetic. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, there's a couple guys that have done it. So. I think of Bergeron. That's my guy I think of. Leaving okay. it all out there. Yeah, yeah there you the go. One, the one playoffs, I, I remember when I was younger, he, he had like a collapsed lung or a punctured lung or something, and he was still playing yeah, in the playoffs crazy. or something crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Um, so when you leave everything on the ice, there's no one doubts your effort, right? And and your effort and your heart. And really the word that would say left everything on the ice would be inspiring, right? Something about that. That's what gets people fired up. Um, next one, I, I think I got 10 here. This is number nine. Uh, made your organization proud. So you could be playing for whatever organization that is. I could be talking eight-year-olds or, you know, NHL and everything in between, right? You represented the, the organization well. You, um, the organization wants more guys like you. So they have nothing but good things to say. It's like this kid, did a, you know, he wore the jersey well and made a difference possibly too, right? Treated the people around him better. And just that was like when you, you know, a lot of the a lot of the guys that talk about like Jacques Lemaire, Bob Gaines, these are old guys. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> right, Bob Gainey, Mark Messier, they they you, you think of those guys and it's like pride, class. Bob, did I say Bob Gainey? Yeah, Guy Carboneau, those guys like it's just it's it's class. It's like that's it's just something about them. There's an aura around them that 
sit there and go, okay, that's they made the organization a better place, and they pass things along to other people. They, um, it, it's it's just like the epitome of what you want to be when you think of the Montreal Canadiens, for example. Those are some of the names that you think about, right? And uh, it's not because they're they, obviously because they're great hockey players, but they made a difference, and they just that's you. You, you want to be the guy that when they say, oh, he played for this team. People go, yeah, that that kid was good for our organization. Like, I wish we had more of those kids because they that crest on that crest meant everything to them, right? It was I, a team. I thing. remember when I was a kid too. Maybe for like the younger kids, because you don't have to be a pro to do this. When I was maybe I don't know eleven or something, I was the I was an assistant captain for a triple A team, which I was like so serious about. Like, I, I thought it was. <laughs> oh yeah. I thought it was so important. Well, how am I? How am I supposed yeah, to be a captain? Exactly. What do I do? Yeah. So I remember we had to go to. It was like a Remembrance Day thing, and I think it was it was downtown, and there was uh, the cameras were there, so we went all with our jerseys. And I don't know if we were the only team. I don't remember like all the Windsor teams being there, but for some reason we were there. And I remember the we had like the team talk before about like our behavior and how important it was to make sure we're not messing around. Like we're here to be respectful, yada yada yada. And I took it so serious. So I remember we went to, we we were standing like right out front of whatever this crowd was, all of us with our jerseys on, jerseys on, and I remember like doing my best to just really think about Remembrance Day, like in that in the moments where it was like we're gonna do our moment of silence like or in whatever. Your own head, you were, in my own head, you were trying to be like yeah. a good yeah Canadian citizen yes. thinking about our veterans. I've I've like very okay. vividly remember yeah, this yeah, yeah. because. We're standing right in front, and I remember I had my head down, and I was like trying to think about in the moment of silence the people, and it might have been maybe whatever a week later, two weeks later, one of the moms came up to me after a practice or whatever, and she said, "I just want to say like how impressed I was with your behavior at the ceremony thing," and she said it was on TV, and the camera was like went right on my face, like while we were at the ceremony with the team, whatever. And for like, whatever, three seconds or something, it was my face. And she was like, you just, you looked like you were, you were so respectful. You weren't messing around, yada, yada. And I was so proud of that. Like I, that, when you were talking about that, I was just thinking about that moment when I was, when I was young. And I was so proud of that. How I was just like, wow, I, I did a good job. And like, people will think more highly of our team now and of me now, because we went there and we were actually behaving this way we needed to behave and we didn't mess around yada yada so just along the same lines as what you're talking about yeah it's it's, it's big time though right it's um a lot of times people forget that like, and especially when you're with the boys and you're having fun exactly. and that's you're, exactly and it, you're right? in public or yeah. you you know and, and let's be honest you know there's a lot of things in life where you just sit there and go come on man and you could laugh at it or whatever but you know it's just you got to remember the crust on your on the front or of your jersey or whatever you're representing is it's important. Right? Well, it's, it's so. even like hanging out. Like I remember, I had to give guys shit last year in the summertime because we were driving to the track, and a kid yelled something out the window at somebody walking by on the sidewalk, and the guy walking on the sidewalk threw something at their car, right? And it's just like that kind of shit. It's like, come on, guys. So it's a bad look. If it came back on us in any way, everyone thinks we're a bunch of idiots now because you guys can't shut your pie hole when you're not supposed to be yapping, kind of thing, right? So. Yeah. Yeah, it's in the media saying right things, everything, right? Uh, last thing I put is just being consistent. Know what uh, someone could say he was consistent. We knew what we were getting day in and day out. You know, whether it was uh, adversity, going through good th- good times, bad times, hard games, easy games. We knew what we were going to get with this guy. And that's kind of the way 
things that I think that were important to how you want to be remembered. The next part, like I'm not going to be forever here. Yeah, I'm not this rushing will, This will be fairly quick. Yeah. But this is really important. I had a talk with my kid about this not too long ago, maybe a week or two ago. So when you look at your identity of a, of a player, if you're, if you're um, whatever, you look at your game and you go, would, would other people agree with you? Right? Yeah. Hard to play against. Would other people say that? So the people that, because really that matters a lot. When you're lo- playing against your competition, what are they saying about you? And what you, what you want them to say is if you're doing your job the right way is like, I wish we had him. Right? Like, so when you go out and play, whatever level you're at, are people saying, I wish we had you? That could be in the NHL. It could be, I'm just saying, fourth line guy. It doesn't matter. I wish we had you. Um, another another thing you want people to say is he competes. And the, and what I said earlier is he go, the, the guy, just he's a warrior. He goes to war every day. He's just so hard to play against. Or things like, going to be a long night playing against this guy. You know what I mean? So even when you're playing, right, it doesn't matter what position you are. You could be a goal scorer. That's like, it looks all nifty and stuff, but... You want people to say it's gonna be a long sixty minutes with this guy on the ice because he can make me look whatever. If you're a like if you're a physical guy, it's like this guy's like he's on sixty minutes. It's gonna be a hard night, long night, and it's that competition. Like that's what you want to hear about yourself. Um, and so you ask yourself, what would your what would your competition say about you? Because that says a lot, right? Are you because you don't want them to say, ah, uh, yeah, he's all right. Yeah, no, he's he's. I don't mind playing against them. Like, yeah, it's kind of easy. Like, being honest with yourself. Like, that's a great. It's a great question. What do you think? Like, what did those that team think about me tonight? Like, did I make it easy on them or did I make it hard? Was I a nightmare or was I was I Passage, easy to yeah. play against? Was I was I a problem for them or was I just, just there. a piece yeah. of vanilla doing my job, sort of, kinda, right? So that, I think that is a huge thing. Do you have anything to add to that? No, no, no. Okay. And then good. last, I think I have here is because we talked about the players, and I think I think I, I think that makes sense, eh? Like, how do you want to be remembered? And I think those things kind of are. I mean, there's probably other things too, but that's what I like. It came to my mind. That's what I that are important to me. Um. So the next thing is, as a coach, how do you want to be remembered? Love this conversation. Yeah, we. I, you know, I know. So competitive and prepared, that's a good thing. Like, you know, a lot of a lot of times, like we talk about this in practices and stuff like that, a lot of coaches aren't, or in games even, right? Like youth coaches especially, they just come and like, hey, let's work hard. It's like, well, you're not giving your kids tools. So as a coach, when they say that you came prepared, whatever that means, where you came to give them a chance to win, I think that's important. Um, you brought out the best in your players. I think that's a huge thing. Like that's a big compliment for a coach. He brought the best out of me. That's that's a good thing. Uh, and that could just simply mean, you know, when when I was getting lazy, he pushed me a little bit. He, when I was getting arrogant, he humbled me a little bit. When he, when I was not confident, he he helped me with confidence. All these different things. He could read uh, areas of the game where no, this is what you need help with, right? Like that's, that's a, that's what I mean by bringing the best out of his players. Uh, honest and fair, honest and fair. I don't mean fair, like everyone's equal, but honest, meaning he could tell you that 
you know, if I think of a coach, yeah, he was honest with me. That's that's a good thing. He told me that I wasn't good enough, or he told me that I was, or he and meant it and stuck to yeah, it. That's what I mean. Yeah. Like it was honest with you. Yeah. He gave you on, honest feedback, right? And 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 fair meaning, you know, you got what you deserved, right? And fair, not fair meaning everyone got equal ice time, but guys that deserve more got more. Guys that he kept guys accountable. That's to me what I mean by that. Um, I think it's important they give good direction, good communicators, and teachers of the game and life the best that you can. Um, I mean, at certain levels, they don't really care about what you think about life. They care about the game. But I think I would rather be remembered by that. Some coaches don't. I think that if you can give kids good direction and give them, like, to me, good direction and good teaching just simply means that you're giving them the right tool. You're giving them a vehicle to to execute properly. Right? Do you yeah, know what I mean? For sure. So like chop a tree down, you don't give the kid a hammer. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So you, you give him the right tools. Like so to make his game a lot better and the team um the team better. And then players should say I was thankful for having him as a coach. Not hope that guy gets hit by a bus. Yeah. <laughs> right? Right. And then got the most out of his players. And one thing door was open i could talk to him yeah um that's what i got today yeah my my i could talk about this for a long time oh i do have one. um about the coach do you want to go, or do you want me to go? just made time for people made everyone feel important important very yeah, yeah, important yeah. cared about his players wouldn't uh what i said earlier about the fighting thing wouldn't ask a player to do something that he wouldn't do would yeah. be will, willing to do and match the effort of the players or maybe even give more. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. So my thing with the coach, I, cause I agree with all those things, but now it's like when you're coaching, you can get away with, I feel like it's a lot easier to get away with being a bad coach or a bad teacher or a bad parent, because like, how do you measure your results? Right. So if you're, if you're a parent, it's easier cause you only have a few kids, but if you got a team of 20 or you got a team of 15 or 17 or whatever it is, how are you measuring whether or not you're a good coach? And to me, it's what kind of players do I have? That's the, that's the stick. That's what measures it. You know, it's not how many wins. It's not were we a good team or not. Those aren't the things that matter in terms of if you're a good coach or not. Because Like in the youth level. Yeah, youth level. Because yeah, if, if you just have good players, like, you'll win. That's right. You know, if you have bad yeah. players, you'll lose. That's, that's how it's yeah, going to go. More or less. So how are you measuring whether or not you're an impactful coach or you're an impactful teacher? You've got a classroom of 20, 30 kids. And it, it's what's the quality of that classroom? What is the quality of those those kids on that team? What is what do other people say about those kids? That's a reflection of you, you know. Now it might not be any individual, but if you go for a team party, or you walk out of the dressing room, like one thing I for for what it's worth, when I'm coaching a team, I make sure there's zero garbage left in the room after. Why? Just because it's a good habit to get into, where the rink guy doesn't walk into the room after and be like, "These idiots, like made a huge mess everywhere, left things all over the place," because you want that reflection on you to be good and you want those kids to feel like that that you wanted what's best for them you got the best out of them like like you said and i think the way that you measure whether or not you're a good coach is by the quality of your group at the youth levels when you're up obviously it's that plus you're winning right you need to win or not even plus that like because at the end of the day it's like your job is this their job is this and we're supposed to be on the same level and win um but for a lot of people that are listening that are coaching youth or coach even junior it's like, do you have a bunch of idiots on your team? Because if you do, and there was no improvement from day one 
to day whatever when you're done, that's a reflection of you. It's not just the group because you should be able to make an impact positively on any group. I don't care how problematic they are. If you're coaching effectively or if you're teaching effectively, if you're doing a good job, there should be some noticeable positive improvements in that group over the eight months that you have them or whatever. It's a long time, right? It's a long time. You're seeing them probably four times a week, maybe five times a week, practices and games, tournaments, whatever, extra team things that you do together. You should be able to make a positive impact on those kids. And I think as coaches, you can get away with being a poor coach a lot more easily because you can hide because there's 20 kids, you know, you can hide and you just look at the results of your team. How many games did you win? And you're being Joe coach. It's like, I don't think that's a good way to, to measure impact on your group when you're at, you know, youth levels, even into junior. I think it's the same. Even when people are getting paid and it's about winning, I think there's still an element of that even up through the, the junior college stuff because they're kids. They're still developing. Even if they're young adults, 20 years old like to me it's like you're still super young got lots that you need to figure out and if you don't have a a teacher a coach whoever that's giving you the right tools like you said then that's shame on the coach man well but you could even say at pro and junior college levels it still applies but it just depends on you know this this segment that we're doing today might you know there are people that would look at it and say who gives a shit because right, then there's that person. There's a there's several of those people. Who just cares what anyone thinks of me, right? That's not the norm, by the way. Most people would like to come across or not come across, be genuinely uh, want to do all the good things that we just talked about. Like who? Just going back to a player who would who would want to be remembered as a guy that was a kind of an asshole in the room and didn't really work that hard and was a shit teammate. Well, that, that's why that bugs me so much. Like when, yeah. whether it's a coach or a player or a person, and it's just like, well, I don't care what anyone thinks. That is one of my biggest annoyances. Right. It's like, right. what do you mean you don't care what anyone right. thinks? Well, that, but, there, but that's what I was saying is, is there's, there are people that just, they actually don't care. And that's weird. But I mean, for most people, yeah, you care to some when, degree. When, when yeah. someone, if, if you talk to someone, well, especially like you start thinking some, some people that you played with are going to be pretty successful. Like my buddy Paul Di Pietro, we're we're like best friends, and I'm glad that he says great things about me as a teammate, especially in the business I'm in. Because how would it be great? How would it be if someone said, uh, "Yeah, this uh, power tech guy, that Andy guy, whatever." Uh, oh yeah, I used to play with him. Oh yeah, like oh, what a great podcast. Yeah, he's a jackass. He's an idiot. Oh, that's that doesn't bode well, right? You know what I mean? So, like, at the end of the day, it, it can bite you in the ass. So, it's just better to be the good guy and um, and whatever. So, anyways, with a coach, what I was going with is there are coaches that they all they care about is the win. And they might look at this and, and, and say, well, who, who, who cares what someone thinks? But I think most people, when they look back, I mean, in the moment, you might be able to get away with I don't care. I think when you look back and you got, like, maybe coached uh, – a team for three, four years, like the same group of guys you brought them through junior, let's say. And, you know, you got four guys that make the NHL and whatever. And they go, hey, what was, what was this guy like? He was a goof. Like, no good. Jackass. What'd you learn from? Nothing. Or he was good at X's and O's, but like, he didn't give two rips about anybody. Like, that's, to me, that's not how I want to go out. Like, you know what I mean? But there's but there are people that they actually don't care. So for those people, there's yeah. there's that. 
Yeah. Well, I think for me, like the whole idea of the episode now being in more of a coaching role and remembering it as a player, like it's just, this, these are the kinds of things that I'm seeing now. Like these are the things that matter for me in my life now, like all that time spent in the hockey world, like trying to be a hockey player, trying to pursue the highest level of hockey that I can. Now that all that's done, like these are the things that are actually important in life now. Like all of the things that we talked about this whole episode, that's actually what is now affecting my life in a positive or negative way, depending on what my behavior was like and what people would say about me and how people would think about me and my reputation and all of those things, you know? So I think it was an important reminder to touch on some of the stuff that's outside of your skill, really, you know, it's outside of a lot of how you're actually playing the game. It's about how you're going about things and that process that we always talk about, you know? Yeah. And, and, and like, like just going back, you know, like, if you're if you're a 14 year old kid, 13 year old kid, 18 year old kid, and you sit there and, and you went through these, and you you like our podcast, and you like well that stuff's all good, like it's okay, like really and truly, it's okay if you're not a leader. Doesn't mean you're a bad person, and it doesn't because you might not like. That's one of the things I I don't know if I said that earlier in the podcast. Like I'm 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 somewhat of a leader now, in many ways. But when I played, I thought I was a leader, but now looking back, I wasn't. Like, I wasn't a follower, but I wasn't necessarily a leader. So is that that doesn't make me a bad person back then, right? Neither does it. But it's something to keep in mind. Oh, what is what is a leader? What is a coachable kid? Like, so if there's any of these areas where you go, oh, I got to be better at that. Yeah, you're going to make mistakes when you're young. You're going to be selfish when you should be a team guy, right? You're going to sit there and you're going to look at a guy and you got – you know, that you're kind of competing with a spot for even, and he's getting more ice and he's got a couple more points and he's getting this and he's getting that. And you're sitting there, you're, you're pissed off. Is that selfish? Of course it is, but it's competitive too. So you're not totally a team guy all the time. But the point of this is, is that understanding these things and putting them together and be the best you can at that, if you care. Because, and so like, like, I don't want people to think like, Oh, like, Oh, Eric, you were, you weren't perfect. Like I wasn't yeah. like yeah, I look course. at this list. It wasn't all that all the time. <laughs> right. I was a lot of it, a lot of the time, and some of it never. Right. But this is like a little bit of hindsight. But this is what we do for a living. So this is what it's always looking back, guys. It's it's uh, at the end of the day, you're, if you want to be a, a player and and all these attributes, I mean, it's pretty simple to come up with, but. All these attributes make you, uh, uh, at the end of the day, people can speak highly of you and it's just going to transfer into life. And when you get older, you're going to make mistakes and you're going to not lead and you're going to get selfish and you're not going to clean the room and you're going to let someone else do it. And you're going to talk shit. You do all the bad things and then you're going to realize that's not good. That's not good. And you start cleaning it up again. That's the way she goes. Yeah. No one's perfect. I but love that. Just something to think about. Yeah. And I, I, that's exactly right. It's about like helping you guys to skip some steps, man. Because <laughs> we made the mistakes. We already did it. <laughs> so if you can just avoid it off the hop, you can be a couple steps ahead. Right. So uh, that's awesome, dude. Um, good finish. Anything else you want to say? No. Nope. Okay. Um, we're going to do our next episode is going to be an AMA. Ask me anything episode. So uh, that'll be our last that might come out after Christmas. So happy Merry Christmas, everyone. Uh, cause this will come out, I believe Christmas Eve. Really? Yeah. So enjoy. We're going to have any views or listens on Christmas Eve. Oh, it'll be down. It'll be down for what sure. Do you mean? Like all, everything, all the views and everything. Will oh, be, you mean be down. like the, like people are going to forget about us for. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's busy. But that's great. It'll be. I the, don't know if I'm going to say Merry Christmas though. No. Listen to us. Yeah, you should. Um, I hope everyone gets everything they want and Santa Claus is nice. So that's all. Okay. Bye. <laughs>